I'm Ryan Milliken from Hardway Performance, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. I'm Demetri Miller with No Zone Diesel. This is Anthony Rings from XDP. This is Jaron Holder from Holder Down Performance. Corey Willis from TPI. I'm Drew with D&J Precision Machine. I'm Pinky. And you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. Diesel Podcast. You're listening to The Diesel Podcast. The Diesel Podcast. The one and only Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We've got a very exciting episode for you guys today. We're going to be chatting with Matthew Fetty. He has a 6-liter power stroke with a Pro Charger and a Lenco transmission, and it's in a classic Ford pickup truck. You guys are going to love this episode. Before we get to it, though, we want to thank two of our sponsors who helped make these episodes possible. PPI, those guys over there do an amazing job with tuning, whether it's a Cummins Duramax or Power Stroke. And if it's a work truck, something you drive every day, or a crazy you know, race truck build that's out there doing you know any number of the different classes that are there. Those guys are on top of their game. And if you have a newer diesel, like say a Titan with a 5-liter Cummins, or you got an F-150 with a 3-liter Power Stroke, those guys are, are they're doing some really cool things with it. So you definitely want to check them out. Go to ppi.com. You see everything they offer for your truck. And also ATS Diesel. ATS has a brand new website. Super easy to navigate. If you're looking for transmissions, turbo kits dual fuelers, tons of different things they've got it. You go to etsdiesel.com and if you're local to them here in Denver, Colorado, even the surrounding states and you want them to work on your truck, install the products, they can do that. They have a full install and repair shop. All right, let's get to chatting with Matthew and hearing about this one-off six-liter build. Matthew, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Yeah, no problem. We've uh, heard from a lot of guys out there. They wanted to have you on to talk about your truck um diesel doctor out of tennessee was telling us about your engine and we wanted to give all of our listeners out there uh, an insight into your background the truck you've put together and uh, you know let us see the the progress of the build so i wanted to start with asking you what is you know your background say prior to building the truck were you into racing um into the automotive you know industry and in community or, or how'd you start yeah, so it, basically I did start uh, racing pretty much as fast as I could, um, but it was in the gas world rather than the diesel world. So the truck that we're talking about um, is really the first serious build that I ever took in, and ran with, either in the gas world or the diesel world. Um, and when I bought it, it was just a ranch truck, basically. It was beat up, it was ugly, um, and actually I didn't... It wasn't my preference. Um, it just happened to be what was available to go and race and tear up and have fun with. And it just basically evolved into what it is now. What year in my truck did you, did you end up getting? It's a 1964 F100. Um, I bought it from a guy that lived two, two houses down from me for like 700 bucks. <laughs> Still had the original 292Y block in it. Oh, nice. Nice. So when you now for racing, like in the gas world, was it uh, was it uh, you know obviously drag racing? But was there a particular platform that you gravitated towards? How long did you do it? You know, how long were you racing in that scene? Oh yeah, no. Most most of my racing was not the good kind. I was basically street racing a lot, um, and then it eventually took it to the track. And when we took it to the track, we figured out that was a, a way better way to go, just because there's you know, a lot more people on hand. If something bad happens, it keeps people out of harm's way. Um, and it just is a better way all the way around to go fast. 
but basically, uh, when I when I did take it to the track, that's when all the problems started showing up. So when we initially took the truck, the first thing I did was snap the axle. So we fixed that, and then the next thing you know, we're breaking transmissions. So we fixed that, and then then we couldn't get traction. So then we fixed that. <laughs> it was just one thing right after another. Before it was over with, it had a a 428 stroke to a 465 cubic inch motor with direct port nitrous, and we were running a five-speed Linco with a manual clutch in it. It was a pretty wild little truck. It actually, um, when it left the line, it would put about 10 inches of air underneath the front tires on motor only and carry it for a little ways. And, and if I left on the nitrous, it would put almost two foot underneath the front of the truck, It was, and it would carry it out to about the 60 foot. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> you know when the when we were chatting before you were telling me how the truck went from that to a diesel platform what made you choose to go diesel and what diesel engine did you pick well the crazy thing about it was the truck actually got stolen and when it got stolen we recovered it but when we recovered it it was it was a shell of what it used to be so they took all the good stuff out of it i lost all the, the really nice stuff i had and so with that being the case, of course, it kind of knocked the winds on the wind out of my sails. It sat for a long time because two reasons: one, I just couldn't get motivated to get back into it, and secondly, I was just really, really busy at the time. We uh, have an automotive repair shop, and we migrated towards the diesel repair side of things, and um, so that's what we did. Well, in that process. We really took a liking to the 6-liter Power Stroke um, for multiple reasons, but um, one, obviously, they, they can be bought pretty ridiculously cheap at this point in time if they haven't had the uh, upgrades done to them. And you can turn around and you can bulletproof them and really fix them up and still be right side up in the truck. So what we were doing was we were buying these trucks, turning them into, you know, good, solid, daily driver slash workers and then you know turn around and sell them and make a little bit of money and we just keep keep doing it well in that process we learned a lot about diesel obviously and me being who i am i can't leave anything stock because <laughs> that's just not in me you know what i mean you see the little mimes on facebook all the time with the big pie chart that's two different colors but it still means the same thing not being left stock that's me you know i just can't do it and so we basically pushed the 6.0 to the point that we were making fair power with it, you know, six, 600 horse to the ground, 650. And that was in my daily driver. And we got to the point where it was, I didn't want unreliable power, which even since then has, the technology has become available to make even that horsepower reliable. Um, but when we first got into it, you know, I, I, I decided to start approaching a drag vehicle. And at that point, I got hooked up with Craig Carmen with um, dynamic induction uh, components and went to Outlaw Armageddon, and I got hooked again. So the next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to build a drag truck. And I want to do it with a diesel this time because, well... There's a lot of untapped horsepower and torque in a diesel, as you know. Um, that's one of the things that makes them so fun to drive nowadays. 
Um, but when we went to that extreme, I just couldn't behave myself, and I took it to a whole different crazy level. And we went way off the deep end. And I don't like doing things twice, so I, I always end up overbuilding everything as we go. But uh, we've decided that that truck is going to be basically our um, flagship, so to, speak, so to speak, for our shop. And you know, obviously now we're kind of tied into cast with uh, sponsorship for a motor and some machine work and odds and ends like that. We're going to use that truck as a, as a let me show you what a six-liter platform can do. That's what was so cool when um, Diesel Doctor and, and Cass, he had sent me a picture of the truck, which for the guys listening out there, we'll have a picture on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. I didn't know it was a diesel at first. I, you know, it didn't, the, the layout of the engine and everything was different. And we were talking about your setup. Now, what kind of, what went into the motor, the fuel system? the the air everything that, that you've got set up on this truck so the listeners out there can understand just how crazy and cool of a build this is okay yeah no nope. um so basically i like to think way outside the box and there's a lot of people that really don't think that what i'm doing is going to make it or going to make power um but i beg to differ we will make this work i'm too hard-headed not to um at this point i always want to a drag car with zoomers. So that was number one. We had to figure out how to accommodate zoomers <laughs> with a diesel. <laughs> and that's really hard to do because typically, you know, you run turbos on diesels, whether it's a single or compounds or triples, whatever the case may be, there's going to be at least one charger that's, you know, driven by exhaust. And I couldn't do that with a, with a zooming. Besides that, I really like the idea of putting a big old F3 Pro Charge on the front of this thing. I'm a Pro Charger dealer, and so I bring in some of the gas technology to the diesel world and really trying to set the platform for that, but also to be different. Um, you know, everybody always asks me, why did you build a 6.0 for a drag truck? And it's like, you know what? If I wanted to be like every other person on the planet, I would, buy, I would build it either a Cummins or a Duramax. And, and, you know, there's so many things out there and are available for these things. That would be easy. Yeah. But I, I really like to challenge myself, my capabilities, and the people around me um, that want to be involved in this project to really exercise the brain and figure out how to make it work when naysayers say it can't. So we kind of developed a plan. We went with a pro charger. It's an F3, uh, one of the bigger head units you can possibly get. It, it looks massive, um, and it is massive by all means. Uh, it puts out, you know, roughly 3,800 CFM at 38 pounds of boost. I mean, it's it's a massive head unit. Um, the, the problem that we ran into with the head unit was not enough air down low. So we're trying to combat that with nitrous, um, which is an oxygen supplement. It's basically chemical air. Um, but there's a few things, there's a lot of things that work into that picture that get a little bit confusing and hard to make them all work together. One of them is obviously you can't put nitrous in the motor if it's not spinning fast enough. It does not like that. So we were working with Neil Chance um, to reconfigure the, the stator and the 
the Turkmer, which we run a Bruno drive in front of Alenco. It's a whole other part of the conversation later. But anyway, we, uh, we've got our RPM up where we can actually start introducing some nitrous on the line to get it staged, to get it basically ready for flight, so to speak. And then at that point in time, the, the charger's making enough boost that we, we can leave pretty aggressively out of the hole. And then from there, we've got, oh, so many different nitrous options on this thing. It's not even fun. <laughs> we've, we've, we've literally built a tunnel ram intake with a water-cooled intercooler built into it, which um, was a great idea at the time for if I was going to run a charger, a turbo, excuse me, because of the EGTs and air temperatures and trying to cool the air down. But with a diesel and direct port nitrous, you're not able to use water or chilled water to cool your air because you're already cooling it so much with the direct port nitrous. It's actually chilling the air as it's entering the cylinder. So it's a, we had to rethink that whole process. When we first built it, we had three stages of direct port nitrous on the intake only. And it didn't take us very long to figure out that was not a great idea. Um, it actually quenched the cylinders almost immediately every time you tried to either use it for uh, getting up on the converter or to use one of the stages for a big hit or anything. It just didn't like it. So we basically mixed the ice water in the intercooler and we put a stage of nitrous down at the charger. And the reason why we did that was so that the nitrous, when it's introduced, has time to flow through the up pipe, through the intercooler, and down into the intake as time to warm up and really mix in with the rest of the air. And it doesn't have as much problems with quenching cylinders. That works perfect. So what we did was we put, I think it's, we put, we got stages of nitrous all over this thing, but we've got probably, I don't know, if I really wanted to break them all out, probably five or six stages we could put on this thing. But we only intend to use probably three. One, to get it up on the converter. The first big stage will come down at the charger to basically get the wheel in motion. Uh, once that's up and running and hot, we'll bring the, the second big stage in right behind that. And we're probably going to spray it somewhere around 700 to 1,000 horse when it's all said and done. Um, and we're going to really push the platform for the, the power stroke the 6.0 specifically, obviously, and see what it can handle. I know Jesse Warren is an amazing man. He's made, you know, 18, 1900 horse on fuel only. He's almost got that 2000 horsepower crown, so to speak, on the 6 liter, on fuel only. Now, some of these guys are getting even, you know, of course, uh, Jesse's got got a bottle and he's not scared to use it either. You know what I mean? He, he's been up at over 2,000 horsepower, no problem, several times. But just to do it on fuel only is impressive, especially on a six liter. Um, and that's where we want to be on spray, obviously, because that's part of our design. But eventually, um, we're going to take everything that's known to be normal about a six liter and turn it into something that this is magnificent, so to speak. I mean, you look at uh, Jeremy Wagler with the Duramaxes and the Dodge Cummins and stuff like that. He's the man, you know. And and I think where me and Cass are headed, we're going to do the same thing on the power stroke side. 
we're going to start looking at doing billet blocks and billet heads. And we're really going to get into the meat and potatoes of six-liter power strokes. And, and, and eventually we'll migrate out past that into the 6.4 world, no doubt, because uh, some of the technology will cross over. But um, we're going to start off in the six-liter world just because that's the kind of nut that I am. And with the setup that you have, so running a pro charger, a bunch of nitrous, different stages, I mean, it's all very planned out towards a certain goal and optimizing basically the platform is what sort of things have you discovered with the six liter that you've needed to change to accommodate your setup and your plan with the, basically like the base engine or, or what you started with, what had to change with it? Well, you know, surprisingly enough, uh, the, the block itself, the rotating assembly is all pretty tough. I mean, obviously you're going to want to put good rods in it. So you're, you're going to want to put Carrillo rods in it. Um, you're going to want to put a max force style type piston in it. Um, now, Jesse Warren has some pistons that he has diamond make for him as well, and those are awesome pistons. I mean, there are a few things that you need to do, but as a whole, you know, from a basic design, the crankshaft's awesome. The block is awesome. Those two things you don't even touch. Um, so you're looking at the crank, the block are solid, and then the rods and the pistons obviously need to be upgraded, and then the heads also need to be upgraded because they don't flow. They don't flow for anything. They're terrible. So those are the three biggest things. And then on the fuel side, obviously, you're going to want to put, you know, depending on what kind of power you want to make, it depends on how much fuel you want to send down, down the pipe. But there's so many different mods that can be done to improve performance and reliability. I mean, you know, if you're going with big, big injectors, you're probably going to want to hang a big H-pop and maybe even a secondary high-pressure oil pump up front. I mean, there's so many things that can be done to these things. That's what's so cool about it. Yeah, uh, is there's it's kind of like Legos almost. You know, you mm -hmm. just keep stacking things on top of it, and making it cooler and cooler as you go. That's what I I know that uh, you know the guys we've had message us. They're like, get Matthew on, ask him why he did a six liter, ask him, you know, these some of these questions is because you're absolutely right. Is we can look out into the racing world and you're going to see Cummins trucks all over, and you're going to see Duramax platform you know engines trucks but you're really not going to see a 6.0 but i think what's so interesting about your build is you're taking things from the gas world which is it is a theme in the diesel community now with i mean like street outlaws or what ryan milliken's doing with his nova and going out there and competing with these guys who have been doing it for 50 years, 60 years, where diesel performance or diesel racing is much newer, younger, and kind of taking the lessons from the gas world, morphing them into the diesel platform and saying, hey, there's an easier way to do this. And one of the things that you had talked to me about that really got me excited was the transmission. I had asked, well, what kind of transmission? Is this a, like a 5R110W behind this thing or 4R100? And you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, we, we went to a whole different crazy level on that as well. Um, you know, like I said earlier on, you know, I, I really don't want to have to fix things later unless it's being fixed because you're just overpowering it. And at the point, at this point, to overpower the transmission that I have in this, it's going to take a whole lot more than what I'm even planning to do. I mean, it's, it's going to be ridiculous. So what we did was we took and we put a five-speed Lenco transmission, uh, and coupled it with a Bruno drive along with a Neil Chance converter. Okay, and the reason why we did all that 
was because we were at in the very very beginnings we're going to go turboed um, it, it doesn't matter at this point but that's why we went with the, the Bruno drive in front of Glencoe um, was to allow us to build boost as you know turbos don't like to build boost unless they're loaded um, once you put a load on it they like to come up and you gone you know what I mean um, yeah. but but with what we're doing you know the the Bruno drive is just an extra part of the cool picture, I guess, at this point. Um, it is nice because it does let you run around like an automatic um, until you lock the converter. Once you lock the converter, it becomes a direct drive. Uh, and then the Lenco takes over. So basically, it's a manual shifted, clutchless transmission. Now, when I say that, basically, it's a five-speed transmission. It has four levers. When all of them are forward, that's first gear. When you pull one lever back, it engages a clutch assembly inside of a planetary inside that pod portion of the transmission and becomes from, say, 27% reduction to a one-to-one. -one. So every time you pull a lever back, it becomes one-to-one -one in one section of that transmission. So you're getting closer and closer to a one-to-one -one output on the transmission. The nice thing about that is, is it's all so incredibly tunable, uh, even down to the Bruno drive. You can soften the hit. You can make the hit harder. Um, if you get out, say, at the 60 foot and you're grabbing a gear and it's wanting to dance around on you, you can go into the Lenco and you can adjust the clutch assembly on that particular gear set and soften it up so that when you grab that gear, it doesn't dance around. Uh, and then so on and so forth, but it that transmission is what they run in a top fuel dragster. Basically, it's it's just unreal and bulletproof. What's so incredible about it is with the what we see and what we talk with racers about is like say a forty eight re. Yeah, there's manual valve body options and there's, you know, PCS and things like that. But we're basically fighting certain inherent design components to a 47 or 48RE or an Allison and it's shift timing and defueling or even on the Ford stuff, different things that like the engines have outpaced what these diesel transmissions can do when you're trying for those really quick times or the consistency or limiting downtime with rebuilds or refreshes. So what you've got in your truck is something that you can accommodate all that. You can, you can change it. You can basically do what you want when you want to do it without having to fight the architecture of something that's designed to tow or daily drive, you know? Correct. Exactly. So we, we start off on the right platform to begin with. It's racing and it's built for what we want to do with it, which is race. And it can handle whatever we throw at it. Uh, I, I would be shocked if I ever got to the point that I was hurting that particular transmission. Now with, like, say taking the truck out, you take it out to a test and tune or something like that, how quickly can you make changes to the transmission to soften it, as you mentioned before, or, you know, you, you hit second gear or something and it's, you don't like how it feels and you want to you wanna change it as something really quick or does it take a little bit of time? I can do a change on a shift point or soften a clutch on a shift within five minutes. It's literally, I drop the linkage off of the uh, 
labrum transmission, um, loosen a jam nut, and then either if I want it tighter or looser, you run the lever down into the transmission or you take it out, either one. But a couple of revolutions or one or a half a revolution makes a big difference. So it's, it's really super fast. I mean, it's literally almost like it's not even an, an, an issue or a chore to do. This is, uh, <laughs> it's so cool to hear this because for such a long time the theme has been, okay, you're, you know, just if you're a guy out there and you want to go fast, is you, you get this transmission, they're expensive, you build it, you race it, you might have to refresh it every month, every other race, sometimes in between races, you know, you never know. And I think the downtime and the cost of maintaining what's getting the power to the ground has, has been something that I think the diesel guys are afraid of, quite frankly. I think it's something where the engines are really dialed in now. Like what you guys are doing with the 6 liter and the setups and even, you know, the Cummins and the Duramaxes, the, the technology's progressed so far that these motors can handle, you know, 1,800, 1,900, 2,000, 2,200, 2,300 horsepower. But it's the transmission failures that are the problem. So what you're doing is such a different way to approach, or basically to give a solution to it, that I think that's the next step in, in diesel racing and, and how fast these trucks can go. And I think more importantly is competing in the gas world because I think that's what every racer wants to do. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, is when I bought that transmission, I was well aware because I, I looked at getting a built 5R. I looked at getting a built 4R. You know, I, I looked at all the options. And then you see these guys have a turn. So, I mean, I seen it firsthand. I went to DPC 2017 and was part of Patrick Whitcomb's uh, team up there. You know, Tim Hahn, he had transmission problems. We built, we literally had to build his transmission there at ATS's shop the evening before the next event to try and get him back out there so he could continue to dominate. <laughs> he did really good. You know, he, he was a major contender at the event. Um, but, you know, that just kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, man, I, don't, I really don't want to have to do this every time I turn out. So you look at the cost associated with a 5R. So you're looking at basically $7,000 for a built transmission, right? Close, yep. somewhere around there. And you're looking at probably another couple grand for a really good converter. So now you're sitting at $9,000, right? Well, yeah. if you have to refresh in that transmission every time you turn around, you know, those parts aren't cheap. And if you break something or a converter takes down or whatever, it can stack up very quickly in the thousands of dollars to put you back on the track. So, I mean, it very easily could, in a year's time, you could easily spend like ten to $15,000 by the time you're done tearing stuff up trying to make good passes or pulls or whatever sport you choose to attend. You know, these guys with these diesels are all, you know, my eyes have been open to a lot of things since I got into the diesel world. And I, I never would have imagined that, that uh, tractor pulls was such a big deal, but it is. I mean, these guys, are, they're throwing down some big numbers and they're just killing these trucks, trying to make them do what they want them to do, you know. And so it's huge. And I see the struggles that they go through daily with transmissions, you know, and I didn't want to personally have to deal with that. So I, I opted out, and I, I went ahead and went way above and beyond and spent a lot of money on what I've got. But I have confidence in it that I know 
I'm not going to hurt it. You know, and if I do hurt it, it's probably going to be the converter. And you know what? I bought my converter through Neil Chance. Neil Chance, them guys are awesome. I mean, I had it restalled one time. They did it for free. They overnighted it back to me within two days. That doesn't happen. That's pretty rare. They took it down, they restalled it, and they sent it back. And then the, the next time that I restalled it, because we've restalled it twice now, trying to get the right engine speed for the nitrous application, you know, they they took it out. They they actually, when we had it apart, we figured out that the drive hub was a little bit short and it wasn't engaging the pump all the way. They fixed it free of charge. You know, these guys are amazing, and, and I have full confidence in the fact that they will work, and I won't have to be replacing the converter every time I turn around. The other nice part about it is, is I can actually build that converter in my shop without having to send it to them. So if I have a stator problem or something, I, they can ship me parts, and I can change the stall right there in my shop. It doesn't have to go anywhere. That is nice. You don't have to wait for shipping and getting it back and overnighting a converter definitely isn't cheap either if there's a time crunch going on <laughs> oh man it's about 350 bucks i know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It's not fun. laughs> now with the setup you know the we've, we've talked about the truck we've talked about the engine the pro charger the transmission what kind of what kind of times are you running what power would you estimate the trucks at right now Right now, it's hard to say. Every time we go to do something with the truck, it's it's been one thing or another. The dyno's giving us trouble, or there's electrical gremlins in the truck. Now we've we've went above and beyond, and on that platform as well. I mean, the electronics in that truck are second to none. They've got we've got a standalone harness for the engine management. We run a stock BCM, but for data recording purposes, we have a race pack system on it. So we can actually monitor exhaust temperatures on every cylinder. We can, you know, we can watch uh, high-pressure oils uh, levels, whether they're falling off, staying, maintaining, whatever. You know, they're, it, make sure that they're doing what we're telling it to do. Um, temperatures. We can even watch and record chassis movements. Um, now, with that being said, all of this stuff is all new, and we're still trying to get it all to work happily together. So that's one of the things that's kind of really getting us so to speak, in the, in the dairy was trying to get all of the different systems on board and working together happily. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot to integrate. Oh, it is. And I mean, if you look inside that truck, it's like, oh, my God, where does it stop? <laughs> uh, there's just miles of wiring, which I would have never guessed and never thought that I would put something together that had that much electronics in it. But uh, it does, and we're getting closer and closer every day to making it run the way we expect it to run. We did take it out um, for a diesel event that we threw weekend before last. And, you know, unfortunately, we, we had a slip up, and we were still trying to wade through what happened and what went wrong, but we sprayed about 700 horse of nitrous down the, down the pipe, and we melted four pistons. So we're still trying to figure out where we're at and why it's doing what it's doing. But we're getting a lot closer every time. Um, we actually got it to where it's it's leaving very violently off the line now. That part we've got figured out. <laughs> now we have to figure out uh, timing, fuel, nitrous, all that, and get that all dialed in. And I think we're very close to getting that done. Um, until we get that done, then we won't have a good idea on what it's 
doing at this point because it's just not behaved. But we're getting closer and closer. That's a side of racing that uh, on the outside looking in, you know, our spectators or fans, we don't get to see that. We don't get to see how much time per se or blood, sweat, and tears go into making something work. What you know, if it's a Cummins, if it's a Duramax, and it's been done hundreds of times before, there's still hiccups with it. Now, when you're taking a six liter, putting a Pro Charger on it, you know, running a Lenko, all the different things that you have going on, there's there's a lot that goes into it. And they're you know they're going to see the finished product. They're going to see you out there racing, or see it in a magazine, or something like that. And and maybe not know all that goes into it and that's what i wanted to ask you next is you know like what kind of team what kind of people how much time do you spend on this truck getting it to where you envision this truck being well you know we're, we're very aggressive in what we do and i'm not i'm definitely not afraid to send it uh, obviously <laughs> but we wouldn't have melted you know four pistons on it um so I think, uh, you know, with the support of the people that we have around us and the people in my shop, you know, I have guys at my shop that are just, you know, they will put their nose to the grinder and help as much and as long as it needs to make it happen. Uh, you know, I'm very blessed to have the guys working with me that work with me. Uh, and at a moment's notice, if we something comes up and I need the additional help on the drag truck, they're all really, really willing to get in there and help uh a lot of the well i would say probably 90 percent of the wiring on that truck is done by uh jeff patrick and this guy is he can crawl on the exhaust pipe of a six liter and come out the glove box the guy is just <laughs> super talented <laughs> and knowledgeable on these things um and you know he's he's done all of my nitrous wiring he's done all the you know all the wiring on the motor and the fuel pumps and the uh, water pump and the fans and the race pack and there's just so much on the truck i have a three ring notebook that i think i could lay a 400 pound guy out with if i smacked him in the head with it you know <laughs> and it's all just pertaining to electronics on the truck so i mean you know it's it's it is and a truly amazing electronic feature or function on the truck to see all of this stuff working together um, from the nitrous controller to the, you know, the PCM to the race pack to whatever else we've got going on in that thing. It's, it's just, it's insane. We worked with Neil Chance and he's, you know, we figured out a way to make the lockup work without killing the truck because when you lock a converter nine times out of ten, when you lock it, it just bangs. It's a gear. It's like grabbing a gear. And with Marty on the horn, just discussing what we're doing and how we're getting where we're going. He said, well, let's just put it on a progressive controller. So basically, we took a nitrous controller and used it to run the lockup on the converter. So it ramps the converter lockup in so it doesn't just slam your head up against the back glass when it grabs. There's a lot of thought in theory and R&D that is still being done on this truck to try and figure out how to make it all work. We are so off the beaten path, it's not even funny. So there's no, hey, talk to this guy. He's done this before. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That yep. does not exist on this build. Um, other than from hard part standpoint, you know, you look at Jesse Warren, this guy's got amazing injectors uh, and the knowledge to go behind it. But he's a turbo guy, so he doesn't mess with the pro charger. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we pretty much tap everybody's minds 
in the industry. I mean, I talk to everybody. I'm not shy about it, you know, and I'm not I'm not one of those guys that acts like he knows everything. I'm not scared to ask somebody if I think they can help. I'm going to ask them just because nobody knows everything, and if somebody tells you they do, they probably don't want to listen to what they have to say. But, I, I you know, I've, I've had huge help from Jesse on injectors, uh, River City Diesel, Josh Davis, uh, Darren Cahill. Them guys were instrumental on a lot of the parts that are in that truck. I mean, from mostly hard parts. You know, these are talking about rods and pistons and all these kinds of things. Then you got Jared Alderson at Kill Devil Diesel. You know, he worked with Colt Cams to help design a camshaft for this, specific to Procharger Nitrous application. So everything is being designed around the application. It's not like we're just trying to set a bunch of parts together and make it work. We're actually putting thought into the build and really working towards awesomeness, I guess, for a sort of, you know, lack of better words. And I've had a lot of help from a lot of people, and I'm really grateful to have had that. You know, because I learn every day, and, and if you don't, you know, that's just too bad because there's always something to learn. You know what I mean? Especially when you're dealing with stuff like that. Um, and these guys have all collectively come together and really helped me in a lot of ways, you know, different ways, but they've been great. And now I've got Cass on board, which brings even more um, machine technology to the table and will, will allow us to um, make that huge leap that, so to speak, like Jeremy Wagner did with his big billet blocks and big billet heads. And, you know, the guys, he's a mogul in the diesel world. There's no question. He is the man when it comes to Duramax and Cummins as far as the performance parts to be bought or had come from. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I thoroughly believe that Cass is going to take the reins on the power stroke side of things and, and really head up that whole department. And I'm so glad to be a part of that in many different ways, from a design standpoint to just learning. You know, you know, he's a fine young man. He's smart. He's very talented. He has a lot of equipment that are sec. All of his equipment is state-of-the-art, second to none, you know. So I've really got some awesome backing in this situation. So I'm looking forward to some really big things coming soon. That's what has us so excited is we've been doing the podcast for two and a half years now. But we never got to talk with uh, a racer or a group of guys where this is uncharted territory. There is no roadmap. There is no build sheet that you can find on a forum or a social media post that says do it like this, this, and this. Or even a podcast to po- you know, or a YouTube video or anything to say, well, this is how you do this. You know, here's how you supercharge a six liter, put a link up behind it, get all this figured out, do the you know, progressive nitrous, this is how you stall the converter, this is how you adjust the clutch packs, and you're on your way. So it's really cool to be able to talk with you and talk with the, the, the people that have helped in different ways to just kind of t- in real time be able to tell everyone out there who listens this is how this stuff happens this is how you know the six liter used to be you know, way back when i remember it was like really cool when it came out and then it was oh the turbos suck the egr coolers suck they can't go fast and then it started to change 
you know, like you're saying with Jesse Warren or the Holder Down or all these other guys out there, and then you guys are taking it and doing something totally different. That platform is not dead. It's not finished. Like it's it's still alive and well, and a lot of listeners out there they love it. They can they can get the trucks. They like you said earlier, you can you can do what you need to to the motor and still not be you know, upside down on the whole thing, wondering what did I do? It's all been figured out. But then there's this next step, which we talked a little about before, about there's more Ford trucks on the road than any of the other ones combined. There's a lot of Ford fans out there, and here's a platform, here's what you can do. And it's it's got us really excited to learn about this truck and to follow it. Well, we're, we're very excited about building the trucks. And even more excited about getting to race it and have some fun, which <laughs> we're hoping is very, very quickly. Uh, but, you know, again, the beautiful part about a six-liter is you can buy them, you know, reasonably cheap, even if they have issues. And you can dump a little bit of money on them and turn them into solid work trucks. I mean, I, I personally drive one every day, and it's, it's, it's hooked onto a trailer probably at least every other day, hauling loads. You just never know what I've got to go do. And, you know, other than just general maintenance, um, once you've got the upgrades and the needed parts and pieces to make them tough in in the motor, they're very reliable. I mean, you know, obviously... There's parts that are going to fail over time, water pumps, and even an injector. And, and, but you can do regular maintenance on the vehicle and even extend that life. You know what I mean? People, yeah. when they work on these motors, they don't realize that, hey, you need to do a fuel filter change. You need to do a oil filter change. You know? They, don't, they neglect portions of the motor, and that's what gives them a lot of grief. Um, they just... I don't think that we live in a society that's a throwaway society. Uh, you know, they, they just want to drive it till it quits, and when it quits, they go get another one. And that's a sad thing because these have, you know, and most of our manufacturers these days um, have some nice equipment. I mean, if you take care of it, and you can make it last a whole lot longer than what people are getting out of them for longevity. Yeah, that's definitely true that we're almost in the golden age, I think, especially of diesel performance and, and technology, you know, in a way. And there's, you know, the million dollar question, this one of our listeners wanted us to ask you this, is do you, it's kind of looking into a crystal ball a little bit, but do you see a point where diesel powered vehicles can go out there and compete in the gas world? Like say, go do street outlaws, go give those guys a run for their money, go do things like that. Absolutely, um, and, and if you have any questions, Tony Rizzi's already out there doing it. This guy is hot on their heels with Duramax powered truck right now, uh, and I fully intend to be out there with him and terrorizing the gas world um, because <laughs> there is so much power and torque available in these power plants that, you know, <laughs> how embarrassing is it going to be to be the first guy that has to say, I lost a diesel <laughs> in a no prep race you know what I mean and, and Tony's put a few of them on the trailer already and I plan to put a few of them on the trailer myself um, you know we, we we both have a common goal and that is to make our rigs as fast or faster 
than the gas guys. Um, and, you know, th this is a new concept. I mean, I could go out and play in the NHRDA realm, you know, which is a more, I guess, even playing field for me. Um, but I don't do that. I, I've been to Outlaw Armageddon already once, and, and, and I will go again. I didn't go this year because I was trying to swing for the fences before we went, and that's how I, how I got four p pistons burnt. But uh, ultimately, I will be back, and I will go compete with these guys. And, 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 and rest assured, we will be competitive. Um, now, now, at some point in time, I fully expect to take the win because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not building it to lose. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're actually expecting to go do things and set some records and, and actually make an appearance that people just can't believe. That's the thing with, like, the diesel lifestyle, the diesel culture, is, you know, when, like, you probably see it with customers and yourself and people you know, and I see, I'm like this, too, is, it's you know, some buddies around or something, and they're talking about their new F-150 or Silverado with, you know, the gas engine and what it does, and it's like for diesel, we've always had these things to point to, like, well, the economy's better. Oh, you got 150,000 miles on it? Well, this one over here has 600,000 miles, or what can it tow? You know, and all those sorts, all those sorts of things. Where the racing scene's been—it's like the last thing. It's the last thing because they can s still say, "Well, we're faster." Yep, <laughs> and it won't last long. I, I firmly believe that. I mean, we're gonna—you know—you you look at what Jeremy's doing with the D, uh, the the Duramax platform. I mean, he's got that—I don't know—500 cubic inch. I don't know. It's—I don't follow him that closely, but I know he's got some amazing technology and cubic inches crammed underneath the hood of that <laughs> screwed Koopa is just unbelievable that's probably the only other uh, diesel you'll see on the planet that actually has zoomies on it <laughs> but he's he's doing the same thing he's turbocharging he's uh, putting a supercharger on it and he's got fill-up blocks that are massive and huge billet heads and all that kind of stuff well guess what it's game on and, and the diesel community is going to rise up, and these guys in the gas plant field are going to see that we're not joking around, and we're going to, we're going to put the whoop on them. In the very near future, it's coming, because you got people like me and Cass and, and Tony Rizzi and Jeremy Wagner. They're all wanting to push this realm, the diesel realm, to a whole new platform. And we will reign supreme when it's all said and done. I think so too, and I think a lot of the, the the people out there listening, you know, it's we've talked about a really unique build, unique truck, a lot of cool things going on. If they want to follow you or, or you know see see your build, see videos, see pictures, are there places on social media that are best to check out your truck and what you guys are doing? Oh yeah, uh, we we have a Team Punisher uh, Facebook page, um, and it's updated as as regularly as possible. Um, right now, the truck's off getting painted again. It's getting some more airbrush work done to it. Uh, so you'll see some painting stuff being done, and you'll see some, uh, really soon, you'll see some machining po posts being put up for pistons and whatnot because we're going back through the motor again uh, to get everything lined back out. Uh, Cash was gracious enough to get us a set of pistons and all the parts that we needed to put it back together from Diesel Doctors. And uh, at this point in time, what we're going to do is we're really going to focus on the data logging portion of things. 
So now that I'm done scrambling to get to Outlaw Armageddon, we're going we're gonna to reset a little bit. We're going to look at the tuning side of things, and we're really going to analyze uh, how it is going to be best tuned and what approach to take to get it to where we want it to be. And we're going we're gonna to really lean on the race pack uh, data recorder along with uh, all the other information stuff that we have on the truck to guide us and make sure that we don't have any more goofy situations like that. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, again, you know, I, I'm, I'm 100% to blame for that because I'm, I'm one of those guys I'm not scared to to send it, you know, so to speak. <laughs> and sometimes I have to really slow down myself because I, I get in that truck, man, I just want to drive it, and I just want I just want to hammer on it and have some fun, you know. And, and I actually drive it to the car wash. I drove it to the track. You know, it, it's licensed and insured and street legal. And I get some of the oddest looks driving through town with that thing. You would not believe. Everything from the people that throw their nose up because it's a diesel to the, to the people that just, just can't believe what they're looking at. You know? <laughs> I've had people walk up to me and tell me, dude, you need to pull some fuel out of this thing. It's, it's, it's way too rich. I tell them, oh, man, you don't understand. It's a diesel. He said, no, 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 you're not, you're not, you're not listening to me. I got to explain this to you. You're way too rich. You're throwing some black out when you take it off because you're way too rich. I'm like, no, dude, seriously, come here. I'm going to show you something. <laughs> and I actually have to, and, and, and at the end of the conversation, the dude's still not understanding that it's a diesel. And it's like, oh, my God. How do you, how do you convince somebody like that? But again, it doesn't look like a diesel. I mean, there's, there, it's, it's a very clean uh, install, so there's virtually no wires exposed anywhere on this thing. Very little that would indicate what it is. First of all, and it's got a motor plate on the front. I mean, it's 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 a crazy, crazy build. If you take some time to look at some pictures, you'll understand what I'm talking about because it does not look like a diesel. Oh no, it doesn't. No, I thought it was a. I didn't know it was a diesel when I first saw the picture. We'll make sure that we post up the, the picture where you got the hood off. It's either up or off. I can't remember. But you just see the, the glorious engine there. And it's got a beautiful paint job and everything else. And it's, it's really cool. And, you know, the funny thing is, is we've been told so many different times that you can't do what we're doing. It's not even funny. Everything from the fuel system, or I should say the high-pressure oil system is what we really dove in hard on. Um, we actually designed our own four-corner um, high-pressure oil system to run the injection system. And a lot of people really didn't think it was going to work, and it worked flawlessly. Now, we built billet valve covers to allow for uh, our plumbing to go through without creating leaks. And so, I mean, you see a lot of steel tubing on this thing, but it's there for a reason. It works really well. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm real. I really am. This is something I, I've I've bookmarked in my calendar times to check in with you to see what's <laughs> new, so I can bug you. <laughs> but I want to. really want to see. I want to see this come together. And when when you get it where you want, and you start putting guys on the trailer. You got to come back on the podcast and talk to us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're definitely going to do that. I mean, I. I have full faith that uh, the the <laughs> the 
competition is just getting started. I mean, you know, I've, this winter we've got a lot of things on the on the uh, chopping block for upgrades and modifications, and it's going to give us a lot of time to um, get tuning done. I just connected with a, a shop up in um, Colorado Springs, Colorado Speed Company, and they're going to they're going to work with me closely. Uh, they've got a dyno in house, so. We can actually go up there and utilize their dyno for the tuning process. It's closer to home, um, and it's you know it's there where we can have access to it without having to pack up our bags and turn it into a major move. Yeah, to go get on a yeah. dyno somewhere. Make and you know, it's 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 going to come together. Like I said, we're going to really start leaning on our data acquisition software to help guide us down the right path only because we're planning on putting a whole lot more nitrous to this thing than ever done before on a Huey system. Um, Ryan Milliken was an awesome person to talk to. Uh, he took the time and actually spoke with me on via Messenger and kind of gave me some insight into nitrous uh, along with diesel applications. Um, so I'm going to take a lot of that information. I'm going to run with that. And the difference between common rail injection versus a Huey system is a big difference, though. So knowing what I know and translating what he had to say, I think we've got a great opportunity to make lots of horsepower, and we're going to do it right here. Well, we appreciate your time today and sharing your story and letting all of our listeners hear what you got going on. And like I said, when you start putting them on the, putting them on the trailer, we'll have to book another time to talk. <laughs> oh, we definitely will, and hopefully that'll be – as soon as next spring, maybe even this year, I don't know. We're, like I said, we still got a lot of tuning to do. Um, again, it's one of those builds that's so far off the beaten path, nobody really has an answer for it. <laughs> so we're learning everything as we go. Awesome. Yeah, well, we look we look forward to it and appreciate your time and expertise and, and talking with us today. Well, thank you, Patrick. I appreciate you having me on. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and go to ppi.com for all your custom tuning needs that you have or you want to you know putting together this race truck need to bring all the hard parts together those guys can help you out and also ats diesel looking for transmissions turbo kits dual fuelers or a place to work on your truck diagnose things or install the products till next time keep the shiny side up